All right, for today, for our time together, we're going to pursue our theme, which deals with um, spreading the gospel. And really, in the book of Acts, it was talking about spreading the gospel with power, the power that comes from God, knowing that there'll be some people who will receive and some people who will reject. And I hope that you were encouraged in your class just to continue to be faithful, just as those early apostles were. They didn't get down or discouraged by their floggings or their beatings or being driven out of the city or people not believing. They kept on. They endured. They persevered to the end. And to spread the gospel, we need to do the same. Uh, so with that being said, the thought of today then is calling all the messengers. And we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 13. If you'd like to turn there, we're just going to highlight one verse. Very seldom do we look at just one verse. But for today, this is going to be our primary verse or key text uh, as we think about the idea of being a messenger. Okay, so help me out here. When you think of a messenger, what do you think of? Like, how would you define a messenger? Ma'am? Bringing good news is a messenger. Okay, proclaiming some message, the messenger. On a bicycle with a satchel. Kind of old school. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when I think of messenger, I think of like Paul Revere. That's what I was thinking when you said that. I guess he wouldn't have had a bicycle. but Somebody else. When you think of messenger, what do you think of? Yes. A prophet. All right, so we got a pretty good idea of what it sounds like to be a messenger. And I think you're all right on it. And you look it up in a dictionary, you guys could have written it. Because those are some of the verbiage, uh, verbiage that it uses, some of the words that it uses, rather. And so a real simple definition, though, is a bearer of news. A bearer of news. All right, so it could be any kind of news, good, bad, positive or negative. But it's just somebody who's going to carry some, some news. And so every day we function as a messenger of some sort. And some days it's bigger than others. Uh, so maybe when your first child was born, when your grandchild was born, you were excited, right? And so you were a messenger to the world. You let everybody know, all your closest 1,500 friends, right, as you're posting on Facebook. Look at my little baby whatever. Or maybe when you got the promotion or you got the job you're after, when you got into the school that you were hoping to get into. Um, all sorts of ways we function as messengers. What I hear sometimes now is, you finish it for me. The golden years aren't so golden, okay? I think I've heard that around here before. I don't know. Maybe I'm misquoting it. Maybe I'm misquoting you. Uh, but irregardless, we all function as a messenger every day. We carry a message somewhere to somebody about something. And we'll sit and consume other messengers' messages through the Internet or through television or through the radio. And so we're, we're constantly giving and receiving Messengers. So today what we're doing is calling ourselves, kind of reminding ourselves, drawing the messengers of the gospel back together to go out and carry the message of the gospel. And so we've been talking a little bit about the gospel life. We've been talking about how grace changes things over the last couple weeks here. How long has it been since you've shared the gospel with somebody? How long has it been since your life has intersected with someone who maybe had never heard or who had heard a distorted truth or hadn't heard in a long time and they heard from you the gospel, or they heard from me the gospel. I mean, this is life, right? We had a slide up there a few weeks ago. It was called Gospel Life. You remember that? And that's not just a sermon. 
It's life, and that's what we're after. And so today, what we're doing is calling all the messengers. If you're a believer, then you're a messenger. And we'll talk about that here today and what's been entrusted to us, what's expected of us, and then how we're to go out in the power of God and to carry the message. All right, so Proverbs chapter 13 is going to illustrate for us a messenger. Uh, and this is from Solomon, the wisest man to ever live. And he's going to give us some advice here, some counsel about being, uh, about being a messenger. And so let's get into this here today. And you can follow along in your bulletin or on the wall rather or in your Bible. Proverbs 13, 17. It says, A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful ambassador brings health. A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful ambassador brings health. Now, your translation may have the word envoy. Uh, it may have messenger there. Uh, different translations have the different way of saying the same thing specifically for that word ambassador. But today we're going to characterize it in the term messenger. So three things we'll highlight as we progress through today, okay? Thinking about messengers. So how many of you have been saved? Okay, you're being transformed by grace. Is that your story? All right. So then we can say together then as messengers. So who are the messengers? Okay, so if you're in this room and you've received grace, you've been saved, you and I, we are we're messengers. That's our primary task on this planet. And so today I hope to encourage you uh, just to maybe re-enlist or re-engage or just to keep going, not quit, even though maybe some people are not very receptive. So three things we'll note as we progress today. And the first is this. As messengers, we've been entrusted with the gospel message. As messengers, we've been entrusted with the gospel message. So to entrust something to somebody means that you consider that person worthy to what you're giving to them, right? So has anybody ever entrusted something to you? Have you ever had a friend who came along and told you a secret and said, but before they told you, said, hey, now make sure you tell nobody, right? What are they doing? All right, they're entrusting this to you. So it's from me to you, and I'm asking you to keep it and hold it and don't let anybody else, don't let anybody else use it. Maybe you were entrusted with a secret. Maybe you've been entrusted with the keys to somebody else's car. Uh, have you ever driven somebody's new car before? Maybe that's just our family. I don't know. But anytime somebody in our family gets a new car, parents, aunts, uncles, and they show up at a family reunion, they'll come out with the keys. Hey, take my car for a drive. I remember my Aunt Patty got a Dodge Daytona when they first came out. And it was like a turbo. And I was in high school. I just graduated. She was, was at our graduation party. And she hand, handed me the keys and said, take it for a ride. And I thought, oh, man, you don't know what you're doing. I mean, this thing was cherry red, right? I mean, it would draw attention. And, man, it would go. It was just like it was shot out of a bullet. And I, she told me that. I wouldn't know that. But it was a fast car. All right, so we, we're entrusted, right? Somebody hands you the keys. They're like, here, take it. I'm, I'm trusting that you'll... Take care of this car. Maybe you've been entrusted that way. What about a child or a grandchild or um, somebody's friend? Have you ever been entrusted with somebody else's livestock or children or whatever? <laughs> uh, I guess a cat or a dog's not livestock. I'm sure you don't have cows romping through your house. All that proves, though, is that you've been considered trustworthy, right? Nobody entrusts a secret to a gossip. The only reason you entrust a secret to a gossip, gossip is so it does what? It's so it gets out. 
I've had conversations and some of you have said, I told one person my secret because I knew as soon as I told them it would spread like wildfire. All you got to do is tell one and there it goes. Okay? If we didn't want it to spread, we'd never tell it to that person. I have some children here today and we've got some children in the back room. How many of you would entrust your car keys today to those children? I mean, we're going to say, hey, we're going to valet your car for you. Just give them the keys. We'll let them pull it around, park it. They're, I know they're 10 and 9 and 12, but what can they hurt? <laughs> See, a lot of wisdom in this room. Nobody's dangling their keys, right? Because you wouldn't entrust your keys to a person who's not trustworthy. Or would we give our children, um, grandchildren, to someone who's just been released from prison for child abuse? Listen, I'm in a real bind. I've got to go to work today. My babysitter fell through. I know you just got out of prison, but can you watch my kids for me? Yeah, you've got to be kidding. Right? We wouldn't do those sorts of things. So to be entrusted carries a significant weight. It says you are worthy. It says you're worthy. And we'll see this here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 as we start talking about what we've been worthy to carry as messengers. And so let's read this. It says, all this is from God. I'm talking about this ministry of reconciliation. All this is from God. The grace that's come through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Now look at this last part of verse 19. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. What would be another word in the context of today for that word committed? By no? He has entrusted. He has entrusted us with the message of the gospel. He's entrusted us with this message of reconciliation. So God has given this plan, this gospel, to you and I. And it's ours to share. And so I want to ask you this. Do you know it? And can you share it? Somebody walked in right now. And we just were going to pull away. And you were going to have a conversation with them. Could you literally walk them to Jesus? Could you help them see by the scriptures. That they are in need of saving. Or would we just say. Hey listen this is out of my league. I'm not trained for this. Why don't you go talk to so and so. See, to be entrusted with something means we're expecting you to use it, right? God didn't just say, hey, I'm going to give this to you. If you got a chance, opportunity, do something with it. If not, it's no big deal. Does that sound like God? Wasn't there a man named Jesus who told a story about a, uh, a manager who gave five talents and three talents and one talent? Remember that? And the five went out and used it. God blessed that. Three went out and used it, or two went out and used it, and God blessed that. And what did the one do with it? He went and hid it. He didn't use it. And so what happened to it? It was taken from him. See, what's been entrusted to us is to be shared. It's to be used. It's not just to harbor or to keep for ourselves. Does that make sense? So we've been entrusted, which says you are worthy of the gospel message. You are worthy to carry the gospel message. That's a little bit scary. I mean, I feel unworthy of the gospel. I feel unworthy of the grace that's been shown to me, let alone trying to share that with somebody else. 
And here you've got the author of all things saying, I'm entrusting you. You are my plan. And there's no other. So think about the street you live on, the neighborhood you live in, where you live. You're planted there as an entrusted messenger of the gospel. It's not accidental. Right? God wants you and I to be intentional in those places. And so we're entrusted. And we're thinking about here what it means and the privilege that it is to really be entrusted. We've been given grace. We've been shown love by the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ on our behalf. And so God's saying, I'm entrusting you with it. And here in a minute, I'm going to ask you to share it. And so let's go back and read this. This is back in Proverbs 13. It says, A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a trustworthy envoy is going to bring healing. So when you and I received the gospel, when you and I received Jesus as our Savior, we weren't just forgiven, although we were, right? Last week we said we've moved from death to life, which is amazing. So it's not just sins are gone, it's that I was spiritually dead and I've been awakened. I have life now. And remember, I can have life before death, not just life after death. But it's not just that. Here what we're seeing is that we have been entrusted with the gospel message. God's considered you and I trustworthy. Man, has God been good to you? Have you got a story to tell? Yeah, better than I deserve. You know, I've got, what is it? I've got more than I need or more than I've earned. You guys have heard that little phrase. You ever just sit and think about that? How blessed you really are? Man, we've been shown great grace, haven't we? we ha, we've been shown this great love. Have you ever had unspeakable joy? You know what I'm talking about? Or you just can't put it into words. The song's up there and we're singing it or the scripture's there, but it doesn't really match what's in my soul. Like, I'm just overjoyed. There's no word for it. I think David may have said it best when he said, my cup runs over. But there's no word. You know, when we think about God's grace and goodness to us, that's amazing. Have you ever had peace that doesn't make sense? You should be a chaotic mess. You should be broken. You should be ravaged. You should be worried. And yet you're at rest. Wasn't it Paul that wrote that says, God will give you a peace that passes all understanding? He'll give you a peace that doesn't make sense in the midst of chaos. You and I have been entrusted with some wonderful things, but not just so we could experience it, but so then we could also share that. All right? Love, grace, peace, rest, comfort, all sorts of things, clarity, wisdom, you name it, we've been entrusted with so that in turn we would share it with other people. And so let's go there secondly this morning. As messengers, not only are we entrusted, which proves that you're worthy, which proves that God considers you worthy. He's given you the keys to the car. Right? He's given you His children. He's given you breath and life so you and I can go out and share. He's saying, I'm trusted. You're entrusted. But now we're expected as well. We're expected to share the message. Now, really this sounds kind of obvious, I would say. But sometimes this comes across as optional to the Christian. Now, we wouldn't say it that way, but maybe we would live it that way. Have you heard, I know you've heard of Francis Chan. We've done a book study of his here before. We've shown some videos of Pastor Francis. He, he illustrates it this way. He says, what if he told his daughter to go clean her room, and she went to her room for about an hour and came back out, and he said, her name's Rachel. He said, hey, Rach, did you clean your room? And she said, no, Dad, I didn't, but I did memorize what you said. 
What would you say? You said, Rach, go clean your room. And so I, I memorized it, Dad. And you know what, Dad? If you, if you really want to know how serious I am, I learned it in Greek. I can say, Rach, go clean your room in Greek. And I've got some friends coming over tonight, and we're going to have a study group about what it means for me to clean my room. Now, if you're the dad of that daughter, some of you are looking at me like, that's crazy. What would you say to that girl? Go clean your room. Right? I didn't ask you to memorize it. I didn't ask you to learn it in Greek. I didn't ask you to have a study group about what I asked you to do. I just asked you to do a little simple thing. What is it? Go clean your room. It's not that hard. It's not that complicated. You don't have to go figure some stuff out. Now, is memorizing the Word of God a good deal? Yes. David says, I've hidden your Word in my heart so I wouldn't sin against you. And so it's good to hide stuff there in part so we don't sin. The Bible says we comfort others with the comfort we've received. So when I'm comforted by the Word of God, now I have some comfort to share out with other people. It's good to hide that in my heart, but it's not just all about that. Is it good to have a church or small groups or Bible studies where we study what God has said? Yeah, that has a place. Is it okay to look at it in Greek? Yeah, because they didn't speak English back then, and so we're trying to get back to the original languages here and understand what they meant when they spoke it. So it has its place. But none of us are going to sit across a table from God and go, God, you told me to make disciples and I've memorized that. And you told me to make disciples and I learned it in Greek. We studied it for years and you told me to make disciples and we got together as a church and huddled up and studied it. What he's going to say is, did you make disciples? And as absurd as you were just looking at me like, girl, just clean your room. That's how God's going to look at some of us. All I ask you to do is make disciples. And you've huddled up and you've memorized and you've studied stuff to death. And there's no application. You've got great understanding but no application. We're expected to share the message. And so the whole point that Mr. Chan was trying to make is that we are entrusted messengers with a message. And so let's read it again. A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a trustworthy envoy brings healing. I want you to look at that for a minute. Is there anything in that proverb that sounds optional for the messenger? Do you read in there anywhere where the messenger could do it or doesn't need to do it? No. Because a messenger just what? A messenger just carries a message. That's what they do. Okay? You put your car or your key in the car and it starts. That's just what, it's what it does. You put food in your mouth and it goes to your stomach and nourishes your body. It's just what it does. So a messenger... We just do what we're supposed to do. Supposed to. A messenger is just supposed to carry the message. So there's nothing in this statement that is optional. And do you think the guys, the 11 of them that were standing there when Jesus ascended, walked away from that mountain thinking, was he really talking to us about this whole make disciple thing? Do you think they walked away from that great commission going, no, there's, this isn't what we're supposed to be about. No, I mean, when you get in the book of Acts, where you're at now in your study groups, what you've seen is that they took it literally, didn't they? He said when he goes, he's going to send something, a comforter. We're not real sure how it's going to work, but the Spirit's going to come and empower us to go be witnesses, to be my messengers. And so I'm empowered not so my elbow doesn't hurt, and I'm empowered not just so I have the clarity, I'm empowered so that I can be a witness of the gospel, a messenger. And so the text here today is like calling all the messengers. Are we intentional? Are we active? Are we involved 
in sharing the gospel. I think Jesus was pretty serious when he said to his disciples, this is what life is about. This is the commission. This is what I'm asking of you. And by the way, I'm in it. I'm going with you. I think a good example of this is Little Caesars. Anybody like Little Caesars pizza? Okay, nobody's willing to admit it. All right. <laughs> All right, so some of you are willing to admit you don't like it. Okay. Now, I've never been through a Little Caesars training program as a new employee. But I have to imagine part of their training somewhere in there says this. Hey, listen, we've got this new strategy. And part of your job when you come in to work a shift, we're going to set you out on the sidewalk with a sign. And we want you just to message people. Right? And so you have to agree to that. I don't know if this is every Little Caesars, but a lot of them in this area, there's people just dancing around on street corners with these big two or three by four or four by five, whatever size signs. You seen them? Okay, do they get your attention? Yeah. And so somewhere along the way, Little Caesar had a big idea. What's the point of having all this advertising in Little Caesars? The only people that are going to see it are the ones who do what? The ones who come in. And so let's get our message out to the people. Let's go out to where the people are. Let's get their attention and let them know that we have a big idea. We have $5 pizzas and they're hot and ready all day. And they taste like cardboard. And you have to chew them for hours. But that's their message. Right? And you know that message. Because the words went out. Right? They sat in the room and said, listen, we're hiring you to do this. And we want you to do it. Okay, I'll get out here and I'll share the message. They do a good job at it. Now that's what God's asking of us. I'm not saying we need three by five signs that says Jesus saves or in need of prayer or would you like to talk? We're to use our life to get out and minister to people. Get out and share the message with people. Be intentional. Not just here. Right? Because look around. How many people in this community are walking through the doors? It's not a slam. It's not a bad thing. It's just a reality. And so what that means for the messengers, calling all the messengers, it means we've got to do what? We've got to get outside these walls. We have been entrusted with the beautiful message and hope that lies in the gospel. And we're expected to share this trustworthy message with people all around us. God has a message he wants to get out of this world, out to this world, just like little Caesar does. And he's wanting to use you and I. You know, earlier I said, just imagine sitting across a table from God. How would that go for you right now? And we've all got our reasons, right? Don't have time. I'm not able to do what I once could do. I've got more doctor's appointments than I have breath. I just, I can't do this anymore. We've all got our excuses for why we can't do what we've been entrusted to do. And we may nod our heads and pat one another here. There, there, I understand. It's okay. You think God is going to there, there us? I mean, if it was just me and God at a round table sitting across from each other and he's saying to me, Corey, what are you doing with the message I've entrusted you with? I mean, can I respond and say, I, Father, I'm being very intentional. I'm praying for opportunities. I'm talking with my neighbor. It's in the forefront of my mind. I, I read about it often and I think about it often because I just want it to be on the edge of my lips in every conversation that I have. Could I honestly have that conversation with God? Or would I have to say, what, what have I really been entrusted with? What do you mean? 
I mean, I've been to church. We've studied and read, and I know some things. Okay, it's not bad. But are we using what we've been entrusted with? Are we fulfilling this mission? We're expected to share the message. The message. And so we're entrusted, and we're expected. And by the way, these opportunities are all around us. You ever have an opportunity just pop up on you? You weren't planning to talk to somebody. You weren't planning to see somebody. You're just on your way, doing your thing, and lo and behold, we're having a Jesus conversation. Where'd this come from? Well, we've talked to you before about those international students that one man, Iggy, we had in our home, and within five minutes he says, you believe Jesus is the Son of God? <laughs> I was just going to pass the ham, but yeah, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You know what? Where'd this come from? Yeah, I guess he wouldn't eat ham. And so here this week, needed to go to the store to get something and come back home so we could finish. We we're making these cookies. Needed one ingredient. You know, the store is two minutes from my house. Go to the store, and as I'm walking in, the person's walking out. Hey, how's it going? I say, hey, I'm doing good. And so we stand there for talk, you know, for 15 minutes. And it's all just God talk. Talking about what the Lord has done in his life and in the life of his family and how he's spared him and how he's been working through his children. And so I shared some things that God had been doing through my life. And, and so before he walks away, here's this man giving me a big old hug right in front of Farm Fresh, people walking in and out. And he looks at me and he says, Corey, you've really just inspired me. He says, you've really inspired me. Like, I haven't said boo. I haven't said anything. But I felt it. And I said to him, I said, you've really encouraged me. And it was just like, that's... That's what we're talking about, right? Always having the message of the gospel right on your lips where you can talk about grace and answered prayer and the movement of God, not just with unbelievers, but believers too. Definitely unbelievers as well, though. And so we're expected to share. Expected to share. I just want to encourage you, pray about that. We do pray about that. Look for those moments, opportunities. Be intentional. This is your day to invest, and those days are numbered. And one day we'll answer. I want you to answer well. I want you to help me answer well. Right, we've been entrusted and we're also expected to share the message. And then here, third and last, we're going to talk about pivoting. We play a pivotal role in bringing healing to other people. <clears throat> so in the text, there's a contrast between two messengers. There's a healthy messenger and then there is a wicked messenger. Okay? And we're going to look at kind of what a healthy messenger is here for a minute and then well, initially, what a wicked messenger is. So, but let's think for a minute. Both of them are messengers, right? Trustworthy and wicked, they're both messengers. They've both been entrusted with the message. They're both expected to share, so there's nothing different there. They're both sharing. One of them is sharing in a way that is healing or helpful to others, and the other is sharing in a way that's unfaithful. And so here, once again, Proverbs 13, 17, a wicked messenger falls into trouble. But a trustworthy envoy will bring healing. So who is a wicked messenger? A wicked messenger is somebody that inaccurately presents what's true. Inaccurately presents something that's true. And where there's an inaccurate message, you get trouble. Right? You get damage. You get wrecked lives. It has devastating consequences. And this is true in all sorts of areas of our life. Let's talk through a few of these and then we'll highlight it in the text. 
Let's say when we leave today, whichever way you head out, let's say that we go out Horseshoe Lake Road to 111. What if when we got to that four-way major intersection, all the stoplights were green? Or, yeah, you better pay attention, right? Because I wouldn't know. I'd run right through it and so would somebody else and we'd probably meet Jesus hand in hand. See, where there is inaccurate information, you get wreckage. Where those two lights are not communicating with one another, you're going to get wreckage. It's inaccurate, and that creates trouble. What about people that have food allergies, and they go to restaurants, and they tell their waiter or waitress, hey, I want to order this, but I want to make sure that it doesn't have this, this, this cooked in it. And the waiter acts like he's writing it down, or she's writing it down. They don't. They turn it in, and the person gets their food. What happens? When you get a person that's having an allergic reaction, right? For some people, that could go as far as death. See, when we pass on inaccurate information, it can lead to death. It can lead to wreckage. What about surgery? This is an unfortunate truth. If some of you have had surgery, and I've, I've not. I mean, I did when I was real little. I have no recollection of it whatsoever. But I've been in the room when you've been prepared for surgery. And there's multiple people that come in and ask you. Right? You're having surgery on your right shoulder today, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. And somebody else comes in. It's the right one, correct? Yes. Right one. And then they knock you out. And then they come in and they mark it. Or maybe they mark it beforehand. And then they take you to the OR. And the doctor's looking for those markings. You know what the unfortunate truth is? There's some people who were supposed to have like a right foot amputated and they come out of the OR and their left one's been amputated. And then they had to go back in and amputate the right one, which was the problem to begin with. See, where there is inaccurate information, it has devastating effects. So a wicked messenger here is somebody first who inaccurately presents the gospel. That's why we've got to know it, church. It's not hard. And that's why we've got to be able to present it accurately, biblically, point to it. This is where we go. Not just, well, I had a dream and my experience has been. That's all subjective and it may have a part in helping people understand your experience. But what is truth that's absolute, that's concrete, that's objective? That's what we need. And so a wicked messenger is somebody that inaccurately presents, presents the truth. A wicked messenger is also someone who waters down the truth just to make it broader in its appeal. So rather than telling everybody that they're sinners, why not just tell everybody that they're good? Live how you want, but just make sure that you pray. As long as you pray occasionally, God's good with that, and that gets you in. And you can go up those stairs to heaven... And you can sit on your bar stool in heaven and drink your beer in heaven because that's what heaven's going to be like. Just make sure you pray once every so often. Man, if we sold that message, we'd pack the house. I mean, just imagine if we were passing out free beer instead of free coffee on Sunday mornings. You think there'd be a few more people here? No. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with beer. What I'm saying is that's not how you get to God. It's not just about praying every so often and all of a sudden you get in. So sometimes we just try to appeal to the masses and so we water down what's true in hopes of that it'll lighten the blow. 
I don't want to offend you. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to say that you're a sinner. You're a good person. All you need to do is pray or whatever. You fill in the blank. And by the way, there will be a tendency to want to do that. When you're in conversation with somebody and you know that this is going to be confrontational and this is going to be hard for them to hear, there's going to be something within you that's going to look for words to try to soften, to try to help ease this needle of the gospel that's about to attack this person. A wicked messenger is somebody who leaves out the confrontational parts to make a broader appeal. A wicked messenger is also somebody who says something with their life or their mouth but displays something different with their life. So let's go back to little Caesar. It would be like having on a little Caesar's shirt, wearing a little Caesar's hat, holding the little Caesar's sign, standing on a sidewalk, or maybe having a sign leaning against you while you're opening and eating a Papa John's pizza. You drive by and you go, well, yeah, I'd choose Papa John's over little Caesar's too, but that's poor advertisement. That's bad. I mean, if you're going to eat anything, you should be displaying with your life that the best pizza on the planet is the one that you're employed for, with. It's the same way with us. When we say something with our mouth, but our life displays something different, we're a wicked messenger. We're distorting what's true in the, the hope and the life that somebody might have in that gospel. So it's deceiving. A wicked messenger is somebody who distorts the message. And a distorted message, like we said, leads to wreckage, broken lives, death, all sorts of chaos. However, what Solomon writes is those who are trustworthy with the message, they bring healing. They bring health. Right? They bring help. They bring hope. They bring what's needed to that situation. And they're doing it all with integrity. They're carrying the truth. And that truth is a light. That truth is transformational. Listen, there's power in the gospel. And when we belittle the gospel, remove parts of the gospel, we're removing power. We're removing the very thing that's necessary to change a person's life. And so being faithful with the message is good for the messenger, right? A deceitful, wicked messenger is going to get into trouble. And he's going to get himself in trouble. He's going to get his boss in trouble. He's going to get the people in trouble who are listening to his message. However, a faithful messenger, it's going to be good for him. It's going to be healthy for him. It's going to be helpful for him. It's also good for the people who are hearing the message. And it's good for, get this, it's good for the one who sent him. It's good for the one who sent him. Look at this. You may not even knew this was in here. This is going to be Proverbs 17 or Proverbs 25, 13. It says, Like a snow-cooled drink at harvest time is a trustworthy messenger. You know the Bible talked about a snow-cooled drink? Like a snow-cooled drink at harvest time is a trustworthy messenger to the one who, what? To the one who sends him. He refreshes the spirit of his master. You and I are messengers, and we've been sent and trusted with a message. And when we carry that message, we've been created to be pleasing to our Father. And here the word is refreshing. He enjoys, he takes delight in his children, his messengers, when they do what they're expected to do. So I don't want to be a wicked messenger. It may appeal to more people, but it doesn't please my father. 
We want to be that faithful envoy, that faithful ambassador, that faithful, trustworthy messenger who's carrying the message to all people, wherever they are, whatever color of skin they are, whether they like me or not, right? Whether you put in, you fill in the blank. It doesn't matter. Everyone needs to hear. Everyone needs to know. Like a snow-cooled drink at harvest time is a trustworthy messenger to the one who has been, to the one who has sent him. One other thing about this word ambassador, and then we'll close messenger. It can also be translated, here we go with Greek, okay? You know I'm a real Greek scholar. I use a lot of tools to help me. You all have them at your disposal as well. We've talked about them. This word messenger can also mean hinge. H-I-N-G-E. Hinge. So if we take the hinges off these doors, can they open? I mean, you can like throw them down or something, but they don't swing like they're supposed to. And so one of the ways this text can be interpreted is that the gospel hinges on the faithful messenger. God has predetermined that he's going to use us and the avenue that he's going to use is our mouth and our life. It's the hinge which brings the trustworthy message. It's the hinge through which people will hear the gospel. Now I can't make anybody hear. I can't save or change anybody's life. But I can be the hinge on which that gospel door swings so that it goes from this room to that room. And it goes from this building out into this community and around this world. Being a faithful messenger, serving as a trustworthy, pivotal hinge. All right, so today we're called messengers. And what I wanted to do is just call us all together as messengers again and realign us with not just, yeah, we memorized it, we know it, we understand it, we can quote it, we can tell people about it, but that we walk out of here and we live it. So maybe you've not had a chance to share the gospel recently. Let's pray for that today. Let's pray that when we go from this place, God allows your life to intersect with someone else who needs to hear the gospel. Maybe someone who's never heard, someone who's heard a distorted truth, somebody who has heard and was part of a church family for a long time, and they've just been hurt or they've gotten distracted, overcommitted in other things that don't matter. And now it's your moment. Maybe your prayer is, Lord, allow me to be that hinge on which the gospel swings so that person can pivot. Maybe from that point of death to a point of life, point of unforgiveness to salvation, the point of, uh, of not having hope to a place where we have hope. You've been entrusted, which means God loves you. He's planted it in you and me. He's expecting us to share it. And what we see is that we play a big role for whatever reason God's allowed it that way to help other people know him.